Hello there and welcome back to another episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast with your host, Mr. Laz Michaelides, and on the screen opposite me, Mr. Felipe Amorim. How you doing, bro? All good, brother. I hope yeah, everyone's okay. doing well. Yeah, been okay. Good, good, good. We're gonna. This is actually a different kind of episode we're doing today. We haven't done one of these before. We came up with the idea last week when we were chatting about stuff, and we thought, why not talk about our favorite covers? Because covers are such a, a fundamental instrumental part part of music don't you think i find it's something that a lot of people don't that, that i know people talk about covers but you never think of it it's when you say one of the fundamentals of music what matters or well, being a good songwriter you know having good instrumentalists writing you know a good album artwork and everything but i think cover songs are actually quite an underrated part of being a a, a musician and a, an artist don't you think yeah, I do. And and I think there's a, a distinction between covers and versions of songs, right? When I say yeah. cover, I imagine someone just playing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like, or trying to emulate the original. And then when yeah. you do a version of a song, you actually do it in your own way. And that has happened in, you know, uh, in the history of music since the very beginnings. Also, think about um, classical music, right? All the classical composers, they they well, they couldn't record a live album or anything like that at the time. So everything that we hear uh, nowadays is like people's interpretations of of their masterpieces. But obviously, they have the the the, the music score to, to make make sure they have all the, the the music sheet to make sure they playing note by note as it was meant to be played. But you know, even with classical music, even trying to play note by note, a different room with a different instrument, a different player makes the this, this song sound different. And in rock and roll, uh, it's, it, the same thing happens, you know. And how many songs that are really famous were not written by the person who is singing or playing them, you know? We, we spoke about one recently, didn't we, in the Don McLean episode last week, how he... Um, really influenced that song by Laurie Lieberman, who and it was then covered by um uh oh, what's her name, Roberta Flack. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah. And and you know, Bob Dylan, he's 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 someone who we're gonna talk about today, and he's one of those people who is notorious for, you know, you hear a song and you're like, Oh yeah, no, no, that they, they covered this. They covered it. Well, who who's the original by? Dylan, of course. Like, I'll, give you, I'll give you one good example. Uh first time I've heard Knock on Heaven's Door, I was a teenager and I thought I thought it was like that was a Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And then someone told me, no, that's Bob Dylan. And as I grew older, um, I met some young people who thought that was an Avril Lavigne song. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that she covered it, but that is hilarious. Yeah. It's like generations, isn't it? If you're in the 50s and 60s, it was Dylan. If you're in the 80s and 90s, it was Guns N' Roses. If you're the 2000s, it's Avril Lavigne. <laughs> I'd actually heard people say, how stupid are you? That's not Avril Lavigne. That's Guns N' Roses. I said, oh, right. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, so this is the point of what we're going to do for these episodes. We kind of thought this would be really cool because essentially there's a limitless amount we can do. We're going to take two of Felipe's favorite covers, two of my favorite covers and discuss them. However, that is just for this episode. For the future episodes, we want to hear you guys' favorite cover. You guys have got to tell us what your favorite cover is. And we're going to, the, the ones that kind of resonate with us, you know, as much as I'd love to talk about, you know, Miles Davis covering a Charlie Parker song, it doesn't quite fit the uh, the rock and roll narrative of this. Exactly. 
Um, but let us know. You know, I put some posts on the socials a couple of weeks ago, and I put some more up today. We want to hear what your favorite covers are, and if they're rock and roll enough, rock enough, metal enough, proggy enough, whatever, we're going to bring them into the discussion. Um, because whether we like them or not, or whether we've heard the cover before or not, it's just interesting to hear one musician or one band take a song and interpret it. We're doing some songs today that we're going to go through, and I'd say two of them are almost like for like, and two of them have been quite drastically changed. Um, yeah. And it's just brilliant to get an insight, you know, from our opinion, of what we think this artist was doing. So let's crack on with it. Um, the first song we're going to do, it's a choice of mine, uh, and it is Metallica doing Whiskey in the Jar. Now, I saw Metallica a few weeks ago at Download play um, this this song, and they covered it, and, it, and the, the crowd went nuts for it. They absolutely loved it, because although it's not a Metallica tune per se, it's fun, it's energetic, it's bouncy, and when they started playing it, everyone was kind of expecting another old Metallica tune. They'd just done Battery um, and, like, One or whatever, and then they came out with this, and you just realised that actually it's because it's a song that gets the crowd going. And I think part of that is down to Metallica's performance of it, because you compare it to what we call the original, the Thin Lizzy version, um, more on the history of this song in a minute. But the, the, the Thin Lizzy version is very relaxed, isn't it? And it's very, it's almost, um, it's, it's almost melancholic. There, there's a, there's a sadness about it, isn't it? Despite the nice melodies, there is just this underlying melancholy to it, don't you think? Yeah. I, and that might be the difference between being, uh, um, from this side of the world on from or from another another side of the pond isn't it if you think about uh america and 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 the uk or and ireland it's a different vibe isn't it it's a different culture in many ways and some people would say i, I know this is like stereotypes but some people would say the americans are more cheerful and uh, british and irish would be more i don't know yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say sad. But I know what you mean, yeah, um, yeah. It's just like it's just maybe that's part of the the, the cultural difference in the song. Uh, also, I think there's a a, um, a difference in the way things are recorded nowadays and things were recorded in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, Metallica's version was uh, uh, well, it's quite recent in their career. I mean, it's, it was yeah. kind of yeah. quite a few years ago, but you know they've been around for for ages, so. Uh, it's not one of their first releases. So it's already, uh, it has been already recorded in a time where you would edit the drums to the grid and you would uh, compress the guitar levels, et cetera, et cetera. So it sounds a bit more modern mm. and maybe a bit more powerful and loud in a yeah. certain way, which is kind of the more modern way of recording rock. And I would argue uh, for that reason, the original one swings a bit more. Uh, it's like in a very musical way, it's slightly more sloppy. Yeah, that, no, does that right. make sense? Yeah, no, and I think, do you know what? When I was listening to it, a part of uh, when I was hearing it, a part of the big difference for me is that Metallica's version has a lot more um, guitar, lead guitar going on. Now, this is either in the form of dueling and doubling up and harmonizing that lead. Da -da 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 or when, you know, just um, at the end of a vocal phrase, he might do a little, you know, something like that, just a little thing. And I felt that that lent itself more towards the rock. And I was thinking, wow, the Metallica version has so much more lead guitar. And then I went back and listened to the Thin Lizzy version. And I thought, actually, do you know what? It, this has a lot of guitar in it anyway, and it's just the production that makes it yeah. happen. Because the Thin Lizzy one, 
excuse me. It's almost like there's um it's like there's a there's a guitar, there's a lead guitar almost doubling Phil Linnett's vocal line throughout the verses. Yeah. Um and then even when he's you know, that that final verse is some man like a da da you got the guitar going yeah. just changing the rhythms and the, the melodies going behind it. And I thought that that when you analyse it, it really does sound like a band playing in a room together compared to Metallica, which is an obvious, you know, studio recording. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it, it's more, uh, well, back in, in the 70s and 60s, people would record live uh, to a certain extent. You yes. know, if, even if you overdubbing vocals, you're probably, you're probably going to get rhythm, guitar, bass, drums, and maybe a piano, like, mm. recorded live, playing together with no click. You know, there's no metronome. So that's basically another big difference, I think. Yeah. Uh, I doubt Metallica uh, uh, recorded that track without a click. So yeah. Uh, uh, and 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 certainly, uh, I think Lizzie did without one. So that's a big thing. I I, I want to know your opinion about the guitar solo. Okay. Because because well, I think uh, I think even like on Metallica's version, it's not it's not a metal solo to me. For me, that's a very like yeah. classic rock solo. The way, uh, bro. Listen, you yeah. say that, but not just the solo. I think the song I've put here. I don't think this would sound any different if you asked a non-metal band to do this. So what I'm saying yes. is, if you just any rock band, pick a rock band, and I think you said to them, "Cover Thin Lizzy's Whiskey in the Jar," you're going to get the same results. Because, excuse me, um, that I was listening to it and I thought, you know. You associate it with Metallica. Why? Because Metallica and metal is obvious. But this song is almost like a rock song, isn't it? It's a rock cover. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I just think that there's enough, there's there's not enough heaviness to it for it to be considered heavy yeah. metal. And I think what you said, the guitar solo is really important. The other thing about Metallica is that when they were obviously, you know, we've done our episode on Metallica. Um, let's go back and check that out. But you had that thrash era where they were playing that really heavy music and James Hetfield was in this process of shouting uh, the lyrics and stuff. And sort of slowly between, I'd say it was from the late 80s through to the end of the 90s, he'd learned to sing, as in get rid of that shout and bring his sing back into his voice. And I think, I, th I think he's got, a certain kind of, and this might sound weird, I think he's got a certain kind of country to his to his vocals. Man, I, there's a lot of country. Yeah, you agree. God, I'm so glad. I don't think it's not. I don't think it's a little bit. There's a lot of it I, because I it, gets, it gets get it. it gets it gets kind of a, it's it's kind of hidden in 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 the middle of all the uh, the aggressive tone of his voice and, yeah. and the distortion in his voice. Yeah. But uh, the, his vocal phrasings are quite like Western, you know, yeah. like proper American yeah. country is, is music. It, in, my, in my opinion, oh, you know, they even have a, a really country song. Is it what's the name of that one? Mama said, is it? A, oh yeah, yeah. From the, I think that's from the yeah. Reload album. That's a country song. You can call it what it is, but that's a yeah. country song. But so, <laughs> uh, so there is. Uh, um, it's. I think what they did, and they did really well, was to not try to sound like Metallica, because there's no yeah. way they they wouldn't sound like themselves. Yeah. It's that's the thing when people try too hard, they sound artificial. It's like, yeah. oh, let's turn this heavy metal song into a jazz, or or vice versa. So yeah. you're just like really trying hard to turn into something else. If you pick someone else's song 
and just play it note by note, even with the same instrument, you you are going to sound slightly different because you are mm. a different person and your Naturally, interpretation. Yeah. Is different. Exactly. So basically what Metallica did, in my opinion, they were like, well, remember that song? Probably all of us have learned that song when we were teenagers, whatever. Shall we just play? And they played, you know, mm. and sounds like a band rehearsing. That's what yeah. it sounds like. And trying to sound like the original, but naturally you have your, your own expression yeah imprinting yeah. their own sound yeah but without is. without overthinking it with us oh let's put a bit of metallica vibe yeah. right here i don't yeah. think they did that you know i think it's I, just like trying to sound like the original and yeah. sounding uh, uh uh you know like themselves because they can't avoid it yeah exactly you know? that's a great point um and i think what i was gonna say something interesting to talk about is actually the root of the song because for those who don't know it's not a thin lizzie song it is a traditional irish folk song um, and there is a great version that we'll put in the playlist. So what we're going to do for these episodes, these cover episodes, uh, for the playlist, we're going to give you the song we're talking about, so it be Whiskey in the Jar, and then the original track slash reference track. So in this case, it would be Thin Lizzy's Whiskey in the Jar. But then any other songs we mention, any other versions of it, or, you know, Felipe said, Mama said, they'll all be in the playlist as well. And one I'm going to stick in is going to be the Dubliners, who are an Irish vocal folk group who covered this song in 1968, which is five year, um which is five years before Thin Lizzy's version came out. And it's a proper old Irish jig. So, you know, it's all the, I first produced my pistol like that. <laughs> and, um, and that, was a, that was a West Country Cornish accent. Sorry to the Irish out there. Sorry, I am half Cornish. So, um, yeah, my, my Irish isn't great. But that the, the, the thing that I found funny and the reason why I put Thin Lizzy in this playlist instead of the Dubliners is because the, 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 the chorus melody is the same. It goes, you know, they kind of rhythmic, it's a bit different. But the one thing that Metallica, that, that Thin Lizzy did, that was the, uh, that was innovative in their cover, was the guitar melody, which I think is really important to the song. Yeah, and, and exactly. And, uh, such an important element to the cut, to both covers, isn't it? And that's what Metallica is covering. They're not uh, trying to sound like a, a traditional Irish band. They're trying to sound a little bit like Thing Lizzy. That's, that's the true, version yeah. they're actually covering. And Thing Lizzy turned that song into a rock song. You know, that is a rock yeah. song now but, because of them. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, because of Thing Lizzy's version, that has become a, a rock song. Like yes, it. It's not a right. folk song anymore. <laughs> and do you know something interesting? You sent me the Brian Adams cover of this song as yes. well. And that doesn't have a guitar melody. No. It it's doesn't just, have the it's just, just uh, acoustic guitar and harmonica, and that's it. So it doesn't make you wonder what's he covering? Is he covering the Dubliners version? Is he covering yeah. Lizzie's version? Yeah, what it's, was the first version of that song he, he's yeah. heard? Maybe it was his uncle playing guitar in the living room. We never know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, brilliant stuff. Um, did you have anything else to say about that song? No, no, we can move on. Because what's the next one? What's what the next I one thought something that would be really cool to do is at the end of each song, you and me say the original or the cover. Oh, that's and it's purely call. personal. No judgment coming, you know. Yeah. Give the reasons for it, but I think that'd be really cool to do. Um, and guys at home, you know, if you're if you're watching along, let us know in the comments of these covers. Um, which one do you prefer, the original or the cover? So, Felipe, um, uh, whiskey in the jar or Thin Lizzy's whiskey in the jar? Thin Lizzy. And I have to say the same. Yeah, Metallica's is great. It's a great rock tune, and it's it's a very um, respectable cover. But there is something emotional about that Thin Lizzy version, isn't there? Like I said right at the start, it is melancholic. It has a hint of sadness to it, um, and I think that's done by the wonderful playing of the band and Phil Linnett's expressive vocals. 
Yeah, he was one of a kind as a musician. Yeah. That's that's the other thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, not saying that the, the James Hetfield is not one of a kind as well. No, but, of course, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's it, that's pure like classic rock, really. Yeah. And I, I love his performance, his vocals, and and yeah, and yeah, I, I'll go with the original. But Metallica did a phenomenal job. So yeah, there we go. Two to the originals. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> so the next song we're going to do. This one is for uh, one of Felipe's choices. We are doing All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Um, do you want to kick it off, Felipe? I mean, I'll tell them that the original is obviously by Bob Dylan from 1967. Um, and and uh, Hendrix did it the same year, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yes, I think, yeah, he's heard the song he wants to record. But Hendrix's uh, recording of that song, uh, it took loads of attempts, many, many uh, um, overdubs, there's a lot of instruments to the point that at the time you had a limit of how many tracks you could have yeah. in a song. It's not like now, nowadays you can open hundreds of tracks on Logic Pro or any any recording yeah. uh, software. Uh, at the time you had a limit, so uh, recording to tape, and they they had to choose things to leave out of the uh, uh, of oh, really? the recording. Yeah, and as yeah, and uh, there was a funny thing that um, uh, the bass player. Quit. What's his name? No Redding. Uh, he, yes. he 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 just said, uh, "I just don't want to do this. I don't like it. I prefer the original. What we're doing is not good enough." And it, and it's and not that he, he didn't quit the band. It's just like I don't want to do this song. Yeah. And then there was a guy. Forgot his name. Sorry, but we we can uh, figure out later and, and put on on the credits at the end. But there's a the session guy playing um, twelve string guitar in that song, and then he played the bass. And then uh, apparently Hendrix recorded the bass himself at the end. So he was trying really hard to make uh, uh, one of his favorite songs sound even better than the original. He Ooh. he was really committed to turning to something else. It wasn't just, okay, I'm just going to cover Bob Dylan as Bob Dylan. Yeah. Uh, and to compare to the original, I'll say um, there's one interesting element that Dylan put in the song. There's, there's some drums in it. And you have what I usually call the Motown groove. Most yes, Motown yeah. songs in the chorus, you have this snare playing on all, all four beats. Whilst like, not getting too technical here, but when uh, in a normal song, normal pop rock song, you have a snare on beats two and four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And Motown songs in the chorus, they usually have for one, two, three, four, one, the snare drum playing on, on every beat. Mm. And Hendrix, oh, sorry, Dylan did that. Like it's not aggressive, but it's there, and it's more evident in Hendrix's version because he's got a tambourine on top of it, like kind of uh, emphasizing that that rhythm. So yeah. there's a lot more percussion and uh, and loads of layers of uh, acoustic and electric guitars in Hendrix's version of it. That's the one big difference. But I'll mention a couple of other things. Dylan's version is like empty in a certain way it's, it's, and there's not much there's not much production or arrangement so it's all down to his performance his vocal interpretation yeah. and i'll be honest i don't want to criticize one of the biggest genius in music but the harmonica in that song is quite annoying in my opinion <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of harmonica um <laughs> it's, it's just yeah i can't disagree yeah yeah, yeah so <laughs> harmonica think... is one of the four instruments of the apocalypse isn't it it's like uh, it's <laughs> Well, the other three, uh, um, ukulele and um, triangle, uh, tri uh, no bagpipe. <laughs> <laughs> There's one more, what a bit of banjo, banjo, banjo. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Brilliant. You know, um, the definition of a gentleman is a guy who owns a harmonica but doesn't play it. <laughs> For the sake of everyone else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a gentleman. What is a gentleman? Um, uh, yeah, so so I, I don't. I, I think removing the harmonica and playing the riffs on on electric guitar with that distortion, with that bluesy vibe, because it's quite bluesy. It's mm. like if you listen to Freddie King and Muddy Waters and Buddy Guy, uh, that's the kind of guitar uh, that Hendrix was trying to emulate more than yeah. anything else, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th I think. In a rock scenario, the guitar naturally suits it better anyway than like the harmonica taking those solos on. I just find um, I, I really like Hendrix's version because the translation, it, he kind of translates it roughly the same, doesn't he? Uh, you've got solos in the same places. Hendrix's version also has a, a snare on every beat as well. Um, I just found that there was a bit of a lack of intensity in Bob Dylan's version or in, let's say, the original. Uh, there was a bit of lack of intensity in the original. And it's kind of like, from from bar two, it gets to a level and it doesn't ever deviate from that level. It just stays there the whole song. Maybe a little, maybe it goes up a tiny bit with the last harmonica solo and the drums, you know. But overall, it doesn't really deviate from that line. Whereas I, I, I love... Sorry, go on. No, well, I think the advantage of those uh, stripped-down versions of songs is you actually pay more attention to the lyrics. Uh, and that's what Dylan is. He's a and poet. Yeah, I think so. Dylan, as, as, as a um, storyteller, uh, he's unbeatable. And the fact yeah. that his, his performance in studio was basically playing acoustic guitar, harmonic, and singing... Uh, yeah. in a simple way makes you actually pay attention to the story and um, the instruments don't kind of get in the way of of the story in Absolutely, a certain way. Yeah. but what uh, hendrix did yeah i was going to say that the the way yeah so with everything you've said dylan is sort of he's keeping you at this level because he wants you to focus maybe on the lyrics whereas hendrix i love the 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 verses drop down a bit and then when the solo is the intensity comes back up and then we go right down for that bridge section it's just, you know, you know, that really sort of psychedelic middle section before he kind of brings the solo back in and it comes up and up. And then that ending all along the watch. It just it's one of those things that kind of smacks you in the face. Um, and I thought that is a, a hugely um, a, a huge factor in in making Hendrix's version. I, I don't want to say better, but more more rocky you know more accessible because i think by the time you get to the third minute of dylan's song if you're not interested in the lyrics you might turn it off yes. whereas hendrix is the music leaves you no option because when it goes down you're like oh god what's, what's coming next and then he builds yeah. it up the solo i just think he's 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 taken a song and he's translated it roughly in the same way but he has played with the dynamics a lot and i think it's yeah. paid off hugely yeah, um, I think so. I think it's one of those versions that he has turned the song into something completely different, better, and he made he made it his own song to the point. And here, here comes the, the interesting story about it. Um, to the point that Bob Dylan himself said he was influenced by Hendrix's performance of that song, and he played it as a. Uh, 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 as similar to that version as possible live. So he would wow. ask his band to play like Hendrix's version of the song, uh, incorporating yeah. the guitar elements. So basically, uh, in his own words, 
I took license with the song from his version, actually, and continue to do it to this day. So he, he never played like the original anymore. Isn't that a testament to not how great Hendrix is, but I, do you know what, man? When you say when when you tell me things like this, it makes me so happy because everyone thinks of I don't know what am I going to say here. Let me just think. Every, everyone thinks of these guys as being heroes and titans of music in their own world. They think, oh, Hendrix did, did did this for guitar and rock and roll. Dylan did this for singing, songwriting, and lyric writing. But actually, we've just seen an example where Dylan did something, Hendrix loved it and took it to his side. Dylan loved his version of his song and took it to his side. It's like they're they're, they're mingling, they're they're taking inspiration and influence from each other, even though all they're doing is one's taken one of his songs and he's done a different version, copied it again. I just love that, man. I love it when you hear these stories of musicians being influenced and not and not being against it. You know, so many people... It's not, like, com- oh, it's not oh, competition. Know, I didn't right. like the cover they did of my song, no thanks. They're like, yeah, it was great. You know, why not? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, why do more of that? You know what I mean? Like, I think every, everyone should try to, to uh, at least once in their careers, to record a couple of uh, someone else's song uh, and, you know, and, and try to make something new out of it. And if people don't like it that much, they can still listen to the original. So, not, you know, it's like yeah. it, it's there. And I, I don't think there's a, a case of, um, and like, think about it. How cool is this? Hendrix's bass player didn't like Hendrix's version, preferred Dylan's version, but Dylan himself prefers <laughs> Hendrix's version. So it, it's not a competition and you no. can't please everyone. Uh, so I, I just think to, to uh, um, kind of uh, um, conclude my comments on this song, for me, Hendrix made it, made it like angry, energetic and noisy. That's yeah. like the rock and roll spirit of his his uh, vocals and, and guitar. And I think his vocals just perfect in that song. And I think it was worth all the, the attempts and all the mm. uh, 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 tracks and all the overdubs he did. And, and it sounds different from the very first bar. As soon as they start playing, so like, this is not Bob Dylan. Yeah. It's something is a complete different thing. Uh, and he made the guitar solo part of the song. I can't think of that song. It has become a guitar song, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, uh, it's like a, 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 every guitar player needs to, to learn that riff, needs to yeah, learn exactly. those solos. It's it, So he turned a, a kind of folk song or, 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 or you know, a simple thing into, into a proper rock song where the guitar is more important than anything else. That's amazing. Really. Exactly. I think I know the way we're going on this, but I'll ask anyway, uh, the cover or the original? I'm going to agree with the composer, with Bob Dylan. So <laughs> That's your excuse to get out of this one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, I agree as well. Yeah, I think Hendrix's version just takes the really good lyrics, the really good songwriting, but it just elevates it to another level, doesn't it? Um, the third track we're doing today is another one of those that is almost a copy and paste, but with a slightly different style. Mm-hmm. Now, this is Land of Confusion by Disturbed, uh, the original song being by Genesis from 1986. Um, now, this is really interesting because I actually saw Disturbed a few weeks ago, the same day I saw Metallica, and they played this song live. And it's it's actually how I got into them. Um, I think what the original does really well is it really... It, 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 the line between rock music and 80s synth pop is really blurred. 
because <laughs> in places you've got that really, the, you know, that intro riff. That's a rock riff. It's heavy. And then in the you think about the rhythms in the verse, you know, on the synth. And I think he's done really clever there because they're using the 80s instruments, the synths, the the keyboards, you know, the effects and everything. And then they they kind of mix it with the rock music. And that's what I really love about the original. But what this also says to me is how well it translates into heavy metal. Because if you think about the verse rhythms, like, I mean, it's so intricate that I'm going to mess it up, but it's something along the lines of, and, you know, man, stick that into a guitar amp, turn the guitar up, and you've got, da -da -dun 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 -dun. that's like a Slayer riff, you know? It's yeah. Like, and so it translates so well. And even the intro riff, do -da -do -da -do -da -do, you know, very minor, very dissonant. It just suits a metal band covering it, doesn't it? It does. I think, uh, 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 you know what I have on my notes here about this song? The lyrics are suitable for metal. The lyrics. Yeah. I th it's, if you just read the lyrics, and if you just say them out loud, they, uh, they sound very heavy metal to me. Yeah. And, uh, 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 but Genesis was a rock band that became a pop band and changed, like, drastically yeah. from, from the 70s to the 80s. But uh, they pretty much invented pop music as it is nowadays. So, uh, so you can't blame them for being too pop at the time because that, yeah. they 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 were trying something that was new at the time, yeah. and everyone did the same after them. But I think uh, from that version, what I like is the lyrics and the vocals more than anything else because there's a relentless like electronic vibe throughout the song that I find quite boring. Uh, in the Genesis one. In the Genesis one. Yeah, so, okay. But what I find amazing is, I think Phil Collins' vocals, they never disappointed me in any occasion. Everything yeah. he did with Genesis, everything he did in solo career. You might think some of the arrangements a bit like, you know, they don't, they, they're a bit too 80s or they don't sound cool or you don't like that vibe. But his vocals are always good i don't remember a single studio or live version of any phil collins song that they don't sound amazing in terms of vocal performance mm. and i thought when i started listening to this uh, I, I, I might just also mention that i've never heard of this band oh really okay they're, they're <laughs> quite a big metal good. band not not yeah. like metallica levels or anything yeah. but they're quite a well-known metal band the, yeah yeah apparently they are but i've never heard of them so when when i when, when the riff started there was like okay right they got it right from the beginning. They they not changing the song essentially. Again, just like Metallica did with Thing Lizzy, they're just playing it with mm. their own instruments and their own style, but not changing the riff. Not even the tempo sounds exactly the same. I yeah. might be wrong. Right now, I think you're but, right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not overproduced. That's the other thing I notice about it. Uh, but when it goes to the bridge, it gets slightly more empty, more quiet on the on the bridge. And it sounds like the song was written by them, really. It's the one part that they have relies too much on electronic percussion with Genesis, and they just did, uh, to use an overused word, they did it in a more organic fashion. You know, it's, yeah. more, it's a lot more organic than, than Genesis. And that's what I like. So I thought from the first bar that I would really enjoy the uh, 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 the arrangements, but I was like, 
there's no way I'm going to like the vocals. I don't care who's singing this because Phil Collins is just okay. one of my heroes, you know, as, as a singer and drummer. And surprisingly, I was amazed by the vocals. I think I think he did a great job. I don't know the name of the singer. He did yeah, his, name, his name's David Draymond. He's, he's a producer as well. He's produced, for the metal fans um, out there, he's produced a lot of albums over the recent years. He's produced the last two Trivium albums. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's got great vocals and he's kind of known for this kind of style. And I actually agree with you, man, about the bridge. I was going to say, I mean, it's going to kind of give away my answer at the end, but for me, the bridge is better in Disturbed's version. There's yeah. just like this, like you said, in the Genesis version, there's just this emptiness and this, it, it, like you said, overly reliant on the electronic and the effects and the synthesizer. And I just don't feel that, you know, when you go to a bridge, I, I don't really want to, I don't really want to, to, to feel like I'm dropping out of the song. And it's just like, yeah. oh, this is another another 30 second mini song within the song. I don't want that. No. I, want, I want to be taken to another place. And I think with, you know, the, the Genesis bridge gets a lot better you know, because when it goes another so long ago, and then that do, 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 that part comes in, it's really nice, it's uplifting. But with Disturbed, I feel like the transition from the chorus to the bridge, and what you get in the bridge links much better to the rest of the song. Whereas with Genesis, it kind of drops out a bit. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a really good cover, to be honest. Um, I, I think I think so. I, and uh, there's a proper metal guitar solo. It's not long, but it's a yes proper, you know, fast and melodic at the same time. So super cool. I like that. Uh, uh, and I think the, the 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 main element of the vocals for me is he's not trying to change it drastically. Is this slightly more aggressive than Phil Collins's vocals, yeah. not much more. I think the 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 instruments in the background, the whole the guitar and, and all the distortion and all the, the metal vibe you have in the song is what makes the vocals sound a bit more aggressive. But not mm. he's not trying hard to sound like a metal singer. Yeah. There's a lot of respect to the original vocal line in, in that song, you know, that version. And yeah. I think yeah. and that was that was what really surprised me. So you know my answer at the end. Okay, all right. Um, okay, so uh, original or cover? <laughs> cover. Um, I would love to hear Phil Collins' vocals with those arrangements. Well, we've got to see if that's been done <laughs> anywhere on the internet. Surprisingly, the guy who doesn't like metal that much has gone for the cover, and the guy who loves metal has gone for the original. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, re I think, like I said there, I think the Disturbed Bridge is better. I think it just links the song much better. But I love... The you know Genesis. We know what happened in the eighties. No one talks about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 but but although they were starting to popify, um, I love that they still kept that rock heritage with those rhythms in the verse, with that really dissonant do 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 da do da da intro. The lyrics very political, very aggressive yeah. within themselves. So and I don't know. Yeah, Phil Collins. I haven't by any means listened to enough Genesis, but as you said, his vocal performance has always just le le left me, you know, David Draymond, and I'm being nitpicky here. You know, I knew that I was going to say to, to Felipe today, let's at the end of the episode, let's uh, at the end of each song, let's choose which one we prefer. And so I was thinking, these are really close for me. What What's going to decide it? And David Draymond, um, he, he just does a little too much with his vocals. And again, please remember, I, I love this cover. It's just, I'm being, overly picky he goes like uh so phil collins would say they say there's danger on our way and david draymond would go and they say there's danger on our way 
And it's just like, yeah. I prefer the authenticity of just one note as opposed yeah. to a note with lots of movement. Yeah. I had to go to those to those levels of details to pick my favourite, so it's not a criticism. Um, but yeah, I just love the original uh, the original one of that one. It's a really cool one. I, both bands are going to feature in in subsequent cover episodes because Disturbed have done a very famous cover of another famous old rock song, and Genesis have had another one of their songs covered by a new famous kind of pop metal band. So I'm sure they'll be there in uh, subsequent episodes. Um, so let's move on to the final song for this episode, and this one was chosen by Felipe. And it's another Dylan original, uh, and it is I Shall Be Released by the band. Um, do, you wanna, do you wanna talk about this, Felipe? Go on, you kick it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've I've played this song a few times in drum sessions and stuff like that. It's one oh, of really? those that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And have, have you played like a Dylan version of it? Uh, no, nah, whoever was singing version of it. <laughs> okay. So shout out to my friend Danny Rock, who comes to the jam sessions and plays that 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 stuff, and he. he plays blues and country and all the stuff. And they, he played that song with me a couple of times. And uh, he introduced me to some of the band stuff as well. And yeah, that is that is an interesting one because the, the first tapes of that song were actually recorded with Bob Dylan and the band, right? That's right, yeah. So, so for those who are not familiar with the band, they were... Um, they were one of the best bands of that time, but and they were also like session musicians for famous singers yeah. and songwriters. Actually, so Bob, yeah. yeah, sorry, we, we did, did an episode, episode on the band. Yeah, I think it was episode yeah. 20 or 21 or 22. Um, so go back and check that out to learn check about it. Check it out. So I say, what's your favorite band? The band. Which band? The band. You know, the band. <laughs> that band. Which but The band. The band. Me, so the band. Myself, myself uh, and Felipe always, yeah. always advocated that the band should have called their first single the song and their first album the album. So that yeah. you could say... Oh, what song are you listening to? The song. Well, from what album? The album. By which band? The band. Yeah, it's a shame that they they, they missed the trick there. They missed the trick there, didn't they? Yeah, that would have been the best joke in music history. But yeah. so they were recording with Dylan, right? And there's some But they were uh, his musicians, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. So they were like the backing band for him. And so I imagine how much of their ideas were part of Bob Dylan's writing of that song. But, you know, it, it, but what really matters is uh, Dylan released it first, right, without any of them in the, in the recording. Am I right? Because I there's a... Know. I don't know. Do you think the first release first. is the one you sent me? No, no, no. I think the band's... The band the released first. first. Okay, that was and it. And then there okay. has been subsequent recordings. So, oh, so there is... So, so the band, in my not in my opinion, uh, to my knowledge, the band released "I Shall Be Released" in 1968 or nine, uh, but years later there was an album called "The Basement Tapes," Bob Dylan and the band, which oh, which had all of their old sessions recorded, and yeah. from those sessions, that's where "I Shall Be Released" was supposedly written, and there is somewhere an old bootleg. Um, no, no, no. Do you know what? I'm I'm wrong. That there is a version recorded in from '67, but it will. I, sorry, no, I'm not wrong. I'm getting myself confused. There is a version <laughs> it's recorded. Confusing. It is, yeah. Uh, the band, what band? Uh, <laughs> there is. <laughs> there is a version recorded by Dylan with the band singing backing vocals that was recorded from those sessions in '67, but it wasn't released. Awesome. And then recorded on their own. I shall be released in '68 or '69 and released it, and then years later in a bootleg album. Dylan released 
his version with the band singing it. That that first version, but it only released. This just got later. so confusing now. So I shall be released was released, and the band playing with Bob Dylan's the band. So it's just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just too many, whole, too many appropriate words. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so difficult. Um, so basically, Dylan wrote the song, but his version wasn't the first one to be released. I, I'm still going to call his version the original. Right? Definitely, because definitely, yeah, yeah, because he wrote so, it. Yeah, we'll do that. yeah so. The the link between them are the vocal harmonies because I I yeah. found them pretty much the same. So his version of it has the band singing, you know, and they are amazing singers. That's one thing that must be said about them. They are simply perfect with vocal harmonies, and that's mm. the the main thing about the song for me that their version of it is vocals and piano. There's like some simple melodies on the piano. And the background, and it makes it so beautiful. So, you yeah. know, uh, I I have a feeling that um, they kind of wanted to make it more sad than dark, you know, because it's it's not a happy song. I mean, there's a bit. Of the, I think we, we, when they singing, there's a certain feeling of hope. You know, that version of it is slightly more cheerful, in my opinion. Can I let you into something? Yeah, and all the listeners as well. This is really interesting because um, of what you just said. I uh, uh, wow, three years ago now, so twenty twenty, I was going through some really bad stuff mentally. I had to, my, my my mental health was very bad, and actually, there is there is only one song that I can give credit to getting me through it, and it was the band's cover of "I Should Be Released." See, because that hope, isn't it? There's two reasons. The first one is that, like you said, the song has hope within it. And the melodies are just so beautiful. And Richard Manuel's voice, my God, he was the piano player for the band and he's doing the lead vocals on this one. For those who don't know, the band all kind of switched doing lead vocals. On one song, it would be the drummer. On the next song, it would be the guitarist then the bass player, then the piano player. They all switched. Richard Manuel's falsetto vocals here, they're just such a beauty to it, such a poignancy, such, such an emotion. And I think, you know, the first few lyrics kind of evoke, I don't know if this is what it's mean, but... Um, no, it's, they say, what's the, oh, what's the lyric about the man? I forgot. They say every man needs protection. They say every man must fall. And I just remember link, you know, hearing that when I was having my, my yeah. bad time and thinking, you know, like, it, I don't know, just, it's linked to me with men's mental health and everything. And the second thing was Richard Manuel himself killed himself. He He died of suicide from, from severe depression. And I just remember thinking, you know, how, and re, you know, I was really into the band at this point. I was reading about how emotional and upset everyone was at his passing. And I just thought, you know what, man, like this, this, I like this depression, this bad mental health, it's, it's not worth it. And it's kind of like I almost climbed out of like this hole. Yeah. And I've honestly got this song to thank for it. It's, it's crazy. I think I don't know if anyone else can relate. Like if one song really helped you get out of something bad, but I really can say that this song did it. So I was really surprised and happy to see when you've chosen it. And But I'd never myself, you know, I've never thought, oh, this song gives me hope. But you're right. Yeah. It it's, kind it's, of evokes a hopefulness, doesn't it? It's the way they play and, and how soft the vocal is. Yeah. That how make, powerful they all are together. Yeah. Isn't it? Exactly. That that just gives you hope, makes your day better. You know, yeah. so it's just. Uh, but it's 
for me, it's still essentially sad, but if it yeah. sounds darker without them playing. I feel when like... You hear a hand, oh, sorry, I'm talking no, no, about no. When you hear Dylan playing it, and it's not... Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't make me feel hope in that, in that sense. But it makes you think about how amazing Bob Dylan is as a songwriter. There's so many people yeah. who want to record his stuff. And in, in the two, sorry, can I just, I was yeah. just going to say, in the first two band albums, there's one called Music from Big Pink and one, which is actually behind Felipe right over there, called, um, it's called The Brown Album or The Band. Um, there's three Dylan covers on it. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get the others in eventually onto these the subsequent episodes of these. But yeah, that just shows how much they were influenced. They broke away from Dylan. They wanted to write their own music. They, they played with a bunch of other guys as well. Uh, Sonny Rollins, they were due to play with. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Hawkins, uh, Bob Dylan, many other people. And they just became too good that they wanted to go and write their own music. And in their first two albums, they've done three Dylan covers. That yeah. is a testament to Dylan and his songwriting, his lyric writing. He's just brilliant, isn't he? And forget, what... forget his vocals. He, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as, a, as a poet, is brilliant. And and, and that's uh, that's why when you've mentioned, oh, let's let's do the first episode of uh, cover songs, uh, the first two songs that came to my head were Dylan songs, not... Yeah. Not even like that wasn't the criteria. That was like no, it wasn't. What, and, what, and what was the first song you mentioned at the start of this episode? Knocking on heaven's door. Yes, no, yes, exactly. Another, my God, this is a Dylan episode. Yeah, you know, okay. I mean, uh, 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 yeah. So yeah, exactly. Which is an amazing song, and Guns N' Roses did the same sort of stuff. We can cover that song in another episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's just, it's just uh, uh, the fact that a, a good musician can capture the essence of a song. And the feeling behind it, and turning to something, yeah. maybe not something else, but something more powerful. Uh, it's oh. just like uh, in in those cases, like uh, uh, for me, the band and Hendrix, they were amplifying the the feeling of the original versions of those songs and adding yeah. some elements to it. It's it's funny because I think for me that in that song, the piano is just the most important part. Just yeah. there's such that. There is such an atmosphere generated just from that one note, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit high. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, dun. And it just sits there for like a bar and a half just with this one note. And you're sat there going, shit, what's, what's happening here? And then yeah. dun, 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 they say, and then it goes into the song. It's just so beautiful, man. Yeah. I remember when I first heard it, I was just like, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Um, forget forget of what the song did for me. I'm saying just the song on its own, hearing it, hearing those vocals combined for the chorus. You know what? I'm going to listen oh. to the song ten times in a row as soon as we finish this. You no, know, I wonder how big my play <laughs> my play count is because honestly, bro, like I said, when my when my days were dark yeah. ago, I just so repeat. original or cover. Either cover one. for me, yeah, I have to say 100. percent And I don't want to, I don't want to just shit on Dylan, but I did have some negatives. I just don't like, I felt there isn't a consistency or flow with his vocals. He does this like, you know, they say everything can be erased. You know, like I just yeah. found there was just, it's it's hard to flow with the way he sometimes. I have a feeling that he, he, wanted to, he wanted to release as much as possible, you know, like release a song after another. And and the producers were not really keen to do too much work on it. It's like, oh, yeah. it's a, oh, he's a genius. Whatever he whatever he releases is going to be a hit. So just yeah. keep keep pushing for more and more releases instead of uh, producing songs. Uh, uh, yeah, there's many uh, um, 
writers has have said the same about uh, Dylan that he was he was not produced to the level he deserved as well. So, but uh, with anyway, the, yeah, co- cover for me. What about you? Original or cover? Cover, cover. So, how? So, how, what's the final score then? We did. Is that what we're going to do? I thought. We, yeah, oh, you're right. I don't so, know. No, no, the covers right. are yeah. the originals winning today. Right. So, <laughs> um, keep track of your scores. So, for me, the first one I went cover. Mm. What did you do? The first one. The first. Let's keep the jar. Uh, original. Oh, sorry, I went original. No, 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 no. you went original. Yeah, original. We've got to take note. No, no, that's yeah. going to be confusing. I'm going to get pen and, uh, and paper. So we need <laughs> and we're going to accumulate all these. And then when we get to hopefully episode nine or ten of the covers episodes, we'll yeah. have a massive list. Oh, of yeah. The, the covers, covers are up by 50 to 37, you know. That'd that's, cool. yeah, that's very stupid what we're doing anyway. Uh, so the first one, Thing Lizzy, you said... Uh, original for original, me, original so for you. Two for the original. Yep, for the second <laughs> one, both of us went covers. Aha. Uh-huh. For the third one, we went one each. Which one? What's the, the third uh, one? Land of Confusion. Right. And then for the fourth one, we both went for the cover. Okay, so the covers are winning today. One, there two, go, three, yeah. four, five, uh, five to three, so... There you go, perfect. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that's but that's an interesting thing. Like that's what happens in in, in rock music. Um, people discover songs, or they are, or they want to pay tribute to their heroes. Uh, probably they know they're going to be compared to the original ones. So yeah. good musicians, they they work hard to make to make their versions uh, as remarkable as possible, isn't it? Mm. And uh, uh, do you have a favorite one though out of the covers? Which we, one do you think is like much better than the original? I'd have to say I shall be released, yeah, because I, I don't like the original song. I can appreciate it, but I just felt I thought the melody was a bit all over the place. The way yeah. he sings is a then again, it's a bootleg we're hearing, so I don't want to judge him on that. Yeah. Maybe, had like you said, had he been produced more, had he had more time to refine it, it might have sounded better. Yeah. But with the with the information we have, I, yeah, I shall be released is my favorite. I would go for all you? along the, the Watchtower. Oh cause... yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, hard, just hard. just because it became a guitar song, it wasn't a guitar <laughs> song. It became a yeah, he created something completely different out yeah. of nothing, didn't he? Really, so yeah. yeah. Excellent stuff. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of the uh, Long Live Rock and Roll podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this one because have you enjoyed it, bro? Because I really have. Matt, it's one of the most enjoyable uh, recordings we have. Should we do more of them? We'll do maybe like one in a couple of months, once a month or something. Yeah, cool. All right, we'll do that. Hopefully people Um, are going to send some suggestions, right? That's what we need from you guys. You know, know, I'm sure, you know, you guys keep tuning in, you keep listening to us. I'm sure we're doing something right. But in this instance... I'm sure you guys don't want to just hear our thoughts. I bet you guys want to know what we think of your favorite cover. So send it. Tell us, you know, send us on the Facebook Messenger. Put them on the comments on YouTube. Uh, Tell us under Instagram in the comments as well. Tell us the covers that you love, that you want us to talk about. And maybe, you know, in an episode, we'll do one of mine, one of Felipe's, two of yours. Two of mine, one of Felipe's, one of yours. Just let us know. And, you know, like I said, if the cover suits the narrative of this show, then we will definitely get it in. Um, But, yeah, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Please follow us on all the socials so you can keep up to date with the information. We are at Long Live RNR Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you're watching this, then please hit the subscribe button and hit the like button as well um, so you can keep up to date and tune in with all the videos. Yeah, as I'm a really offline guy, I'm just going to say... Uh, hit all the buttons you can see on the screen. Uh, no, 
If there's a dislike one, don't hit that one. Flinkly, shut up, Subscribe to whatever and uh, find us on the internet, I think we should say. And um, thanks for being with us once again and keep on rocking, everyone. Thank you for joining us and long live rock and roll.